when the shootings happened in Parkland, I think it was uh, February 14th, 2017, I think it was. Um, And those kids were just like, nah, we're not doing this the way that we have been doing it. Like, we don't want your thoughts and prayers. And the way they just got up there and like spoke to the world through those microphones was so inspiring to me. Um, and it was so Sagittarian, like they like got up on their soapbox and was like, you're going to listen to me. And I adore that about this generation that they refuse to not be listened to. And like, they're like, you're going to hear me one way or another. podcast. This is Sabrina Monarch, and this is a show about spiritual lifestyle and personal evolution. And a welcome if this is your first time here. I'm a evolutionary astrologer, and I started this podcast to have more eclectic conversations, both about astrology and things that surround astrology, these other interests around spirituality and personal development that I've been tracking and that astrology has been an amazing gateway and deepener of. Some episodes of this podcast are astrological explicitly, like today's, and others we discuss a variety of other topics, like embodiment or sexuality or business, to name a few. I have an announcement. My upcoming Evolutionary Astrology Intensive is now open for enrollment. This will be the fifth run of this course, and there's A lot of students who have run through this course and express how transformational and empowering and life-changing it has been for them. This is an online deep dive four-month course that begins in January, late January of 2020. And you'll be learning the paradigm and techniques and wisdom teachings of evolutionary astrology, which is an astrology that I'm so passionate about. And this course is really all levels. It's for complete newcomers to astrology, but people that have an interest in, you know, human nature and the mysteries of life and archetypes and psychology. It's a great entryway into this study, Um, as well as for people that are already practicing astrologers or students of astrology that want to deepen their lens and learn this. Um, And if you've been resonating with my podcasts or my forecasts and you feel this call to, you know, learn this language with me, this is an opportunity to, you know, mastermind with me and an amazing community of people that gather around this subject. And there will be both a pre-recorded and a live component to this class. So you'll have access to video teachings for a lifetime. There are going to be 18 total live calls. So it's actually a really like there's companionship, there's connection, and there's checking in all along the way. I really want to help you learn and understand any of these concepts. Um, So I love to have discussions. I love to create community. Really, I do encourage people who sign up for this course to get to know each other. Some amazing friendships have formed out of this course and even study groups after the course is over. Another reason why I teach this course is that 
some people feel, you know, that astrology, like it's just hard to get, or it feels a little bit outside of them, or it's a lot of information when you're doing the research by yourself. So I've created a structure that goes over the foundational concepts of evolutionary astrology. So this is soul-based karmic astrology. So I teach about, you know, karma and reincarnation And then I deep dive into all the archetypes and planets and aspects and the techniques of evolutionary astrology. So if you want to learn more about this, there will be a link in the show notes, but you can also go to monarchastrology.com and click the tab in the menu that says study and read all about this course in detail and sign up there. On today's episode, I interviewed Kira of the astrology about the astrological generations. So the Pluto generations, um, which in culture we call millennials and Gen Z in the astrology world, we talk about Pluto and Scorpio or Pluto and Sagittarius. And Kira has been doing research on this topic, and she's also divided these Pluto generations into sub-generations of where people's Uranus and Neptune placements are, where Saturn is. So if you're listening and you don't know your natal chart, I'd suggest go and look up your chart on astro.com and find out where your Saturn, Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto placements are, where your lunar nodes are. Um, She does mention some of the years involved here, um, you know, calendar speaking, but go ahead and look at your chart and get familiar with where Uranus is, where Neptune is. And, you know, sometimes we we hear that these are generational themes and they are. So it, it situates us in a moment in time in a group of people in the collective and as individuals within the collective, these are also very personal to us. You know, we feel at an intrinsic level what our generation is experiencing. So this can be really insightful and really validating information for, oh, like, yes, I had this collective experience and this is what I was conditioned with or what I felt while I was growing up. It was a pleasure to record with Kira. I met her first um, at Norwalk through friends, um, this last Norwalk, and have been really excited about this opportunity to interview her. Shakira of This Astrology and Influx Mag is an astrologer, writer, and creator. She combines modern and traditional techniques along with the tarot to offer a unique style of astrology to her clients and students. Her annual astrology and culture magazine and website, Enflux Mag, centers and celebrates POC and queer folks in spirituality, art, and activism, and features interviews, seasonal horoscopes, embodiment activities, and more. Her first book, Zodiac Signs Pisces, debuts in February 2020. I can't wait to read it. You can find her offerings on her website and on social media, www.theastrology.com and at The Astrology and at NFluxMag. And those links are in the show notes as well. Kira is a talented astrologer and I've really enjoyed in my conversations with her how she integrates and combines modern astrology with um, traditional or Hellenistic astrology. I got so much to think about and got a lot of insight and illumination and learned a lot from this conversation with her about the generations. I remember too, when I first met her um, in Seattle for the, the conference and hearing her talk about you know, the generations younger than us and how next level they are. And I felt really lit up and curious, like, you know, what what is going on with the other generations? I realized um, this kind of bubble that I had been in, in terms of 
being so used to being the youngest that suddenly I'm approaching my Saturn return and there's people that are younger than me. And, you know, what are what's their themes? Like, what are they growing up with? How are they like what's normal for that generation? Hearing her curiosity and, you know, interest in this generation and her noticing of what's special about them really sparked me. And I'm really grateful that she's been doing this research. Um, she presented on this topic for Fresh Voices and Astrology Summit recently, and I wanted to ask her about it and get to know more about it. So I hope that you enjoy this conversation with Kira as much as we enjoyed recording it. We got to record on the new moon, which was also really cool. The new moon in Sag and for both of us as Pisces risings, um, it was cool also to just align at that moment and have the new moon happening in our 10th house, which relates to the public and career and stuff like that to, you know, record this conversation to share with everyone. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Kira. Hey everyone, I'm here with Kira of The Astrology and it's the new moon in Sagittarius literally minutes ago before we started recording and we're in person. Kira is traveling through the Bay Area right now. So this is awesome to get to be in person with you to record this. Um, so I would love to hear from you about your practice and what got you onto this path of studying and practicing astrology. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Um, I'm super excited to be back in the Bay. It's been a really long time. Um, but yeah, I, so astrology, um, (laughs) I like to always say like, I've, it's always kind of been in my life in the sense that, I've been a Scorpio. Like I've always known I was a Scorpio ever since I was a kid. Um, I have no idea how I figured that out, but I just always knew it. Um, I've always been obsessed with birthdays. I, I was the person that remembered everyone's birthday and my family and in my grade. And, um, yeah, I was kind of known for that. (laughs) Um, always knew the time I was born too. Like that was always an important thing for me. Um, but fast forward to, I mean, I guess when I was like 12, I was started to research the signs and I wanted to know what boys were like compatible with me. Um, and, uh, yeah, in 2012, um, almost exactly seven years ago, I saw my chart for the first time. Um, and I didn't sleep that night. I just kept researching. I was like, (laughs) I need to know everything about this. Um, that was Saturn moving through my ninth house, Scorpio. And I just got this really intense, like laser focus on astrology. And it's kind of just been that way ever since. Yeah. I just never really stopped studying. (laughs) I love that. I think of Scorpio as one of the signs that will stay up all night, just like researching or being really passionate about something. Exactly. Yeah. And I have a lot of Scorpio in my chart. So (laughs) yeah, the, the intense focus was, um, and Saturn, Saturn, like really making that, um, a priority was pretty cool. So I want to ask you what your sun, moon, and rising are, but I also want to make a, a point of <laughs> pointing out a term that you've come up with. Oh, uh, the SMR. <laughs> yeah. So, and 
yeah, we're going to make that a thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's make SMR a thing. I don't really like big three. I just feel like it's, it sounds weird to me. But maybe SMR sounds weird to other people. So, um, so SMR, Sun, Moon, Rising. Yeah. Um, mine is Scorpio, um, Scorpio, Sun, Aries, Moon, Pisces, Rising. Um, and I have my Scorpio, Sun is conjunct Mars and Pluto, too. So it's like super badass. Scorpio. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How do you relate to it? Um, I related to it so much as a kid. Um, now I feel much more Jupiterian. I don't know if that's because a lot of my progressed planets are in Sag, but, um, but yeah, I, and I have, I have a Jupiter ruled ascendant, Jupiter on the descendant. So I, I feel like the Scorpio in me is very much like my, my intensity with astrology and my belief systems. It's in the ninth house. So I get really, um, I'm really defensive about it. I I very much identify with my beliefs. Um, And then I think just like this is kind of that's kind of what led me to um, my interest in generations and Pluto generations having kind of like a Pluto sun um, conjunction. I really do feel pull towards understanding that Plutonian like primal urge situation that, you know, we we all have, but it's really interesting to see like large swaths of people who kind of share that same, um, yeah, soul urge or soul intention even. Yes. I love Pluto and looking at the Pluto generation. So can you tell us more about your, what your project is with this research? Yeah. Um, it's very much in early stages at this point, but I did give a talk on, on the Pluto and Scorpio generation. Um, and yeah, at for this point, voices. yeah, for Fresh Voices, um, Astrology University's summit that they do. Um, but yeah, at this point, it's just like my basic thoughts around it um, and kind of like laying the groundwork for for what I want to research. Um, but it's basically, yeah, looking at different Pluto generations, um, in particular, the Pluto and Scorpio and um, Pluto and Sag, aka Millennials and Gen Z. Um, and even looking at like their parents' generations too. I think that's really interesting to see um, the Pluto generations that raised the Millennials and Gen Z um, and how that might have influenced how we are in a generational, in a generational scale. Um, yeah. Cool. I'm so <laughs> excited to learn more about Gen Z also, because yeah. I feel that, yeah, that's still more new to me. I've been experiencing tons of, you know, our generation, Pluto and Scorpio, Pluto mm-hmm. and Libra, Pluto and Virgo. Right. So. Yeah. And Pluto and Libra is also really interesting to me because they are often, forgot like for, forgotten about and not really talked about. I was like, who did you say again? Like yeah. literally Pluto. <laughs> did you say Pluto and Libra? Yeah, Pluto and oh. Libra. Um and it's weird because they they're often lumped in with Pluto and Virgo. Like that whole entire clump of time is is Gen X. Whereas I think that there needs to be another name to like yeah, Pluto and Libra are not the same as Pluto and Virgo. Like they're totally. they're totally different, but they they all have the same name, which is um yeah, Gen X, which is doesn't really seem right to me. So no. 
I love the Pluto and Libra people. Yeah. They're so charismatic. They and are. Just- I call them the trendsetter generation because they very much are like the trendsetters. They're just really quiet about it. <laughs> like They're not cool. in your face. Yeah. <laughs> They're pretty cool about it. Um, yeah. There's, I have a lot of thoughts about them too, but yeah. Cool. Well, maybe we should start with um, Pluto and Scorpio, do you think? Yeah. That'd be great. Um we're Pluto and Scorpio. The cool thing about Pluto and Scorpio is that Pluto spends the least amount of time in Scorpio because it has a cylindrical orbit. So it spends like about 32, 33 years in Taurus and only 12 years in Scorpio. So, um, what does Austin Kopic say about that? He, he basically says it's like a generation. Um, what does he say? Basically that like, evolution is happening at like a faster pace during, during this time. Um, I think it's also pretty cool that because it's 12 years, you get, um, each different Jupiter sign within the one generation. So it starts with Jupiter and Sag, I believe, and ends with Jupiter and Sag, um, which is kind of cool. And, uh, yeah. So within this Pluto and Scorpio umbrella, which is, 1983 to 1995, um, there are two Neptune like subgenerations and then two Uranus subgenerations. So, um, yeah, within the time 83 to 95, um, there was Neptune and Sag, uh, which was only really like a year while Pluto was in Scorpio and then Neptune in Capricorn, which basically takes up the entire time that Pluto was in Scorpio. So most millennials have Neptune in Capricorn. Um, and then I think kind of the millennial signature that most people talk about is the Neptune um, Uranus conjunction in Capricorn. But there are there are millennials that have um, Uranus and Neptune in Sagittarius, too. Um, not a lot. There's it's a small amount, but um, they're there and they're really fun. <laughs> Subs like a sub sub generation um, within Pluto and Scorpio. I think they're the ones that are very um, they're just a lot more. I don't want to say carefree, but they don't have the heaviness that a lot of us have that they they're. I think of them as like very psychedelic and freedom loving types. Like they're really fun really fun at a party those yeah. those ones and that heaviness comes from the capricorn uranus neptune right exactly um yeah because pluto and scorpio in general is a pretty heavy signature um but yeah adding that that capricorn um in some cases stellium because a lot of some people have the saturn there as well um i have the north we both have the north node there too so yeah, there's there's a notable difference um, between the the Capricorn crew and the Sag crew, um, and then there's so yeah there, there's the people that have the Uranus and Neptune and Sag. Some of them also have um, Saturn and Sag, which is. Um, I liked that one. Yeah. I didn't like the Saturn-Neptune square. Yeah. But Saturn and Sagittarius felt like so much room to right. grow and travel. and Yeah. yeah. And watching the, that those folks go through their Saturn return was really interesting um, because 
it was very much about like trying to secure freedom in their lives, like trying to um, set themselves up so that they can be the most free as possible and like live their lives. I mean, I think most of us go through that during our Saturn returns, but for them, it was very much like, how do I not be tied down? And like, how do I, how can I like make adventure in my everyday life? Um, I have a lot of friends that have Saturn and Sag. So, um, that was definitely a common theme. Um, and then there's also this, the Saturn and Scorpio, um, section of millennials, which they have Saturn and Pluto in the South node in Scorpio. And they are a heavy bunch for sure. Um, it, yeah, a lot of, a lot of, um, having to deal with very Scorpio issues during their Saturn return, like debt and death and taxes and just like a lot, a lot of loss, I think that they went through, um, during their Saturn returns, even betrayal in a lot of ways. Um, but yeah, that's kind of like the older section of the millennials. Um, and then you get into like our section, <laughs> which are the the Neptune and Uranus and Capricorn. Um, and then the Saturn and Capricorn Aquarius and Pisces, which is like the second, I think, larger, larger half of the millennial um, generation. And um yeah, I mean, there's so much to talk about with that, but... Yeah, I have some questions yeah. that have come up of, like, I'm curious what this heaviness is and to unpack it a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think there's there's the density of, you know, Scorpio, which is a fixed water sign, which I automatically think of, like, a swamp when I think of Scorpio. Um, just some fixed water that, like not necessarily is unmoving, um, but is extremely deep. And I just think of like jumping into a swamp or jumping into a well and like not really ever finding the bottom because it's so thick and yeah, deep <laughs> and intense and mushy. Um, but you have that. And then the combination of Uranus and Neptune and Capricorn, which is such like, honestly like a mind fuck like what you have these like magical okay, I've thought about this so much <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's it's such a I mean it's like being born in the middle of a hurricane tsunami and earthquake and like trying to figure out like how to find steady ground within within this like swirling atmosphere um and I think that really that shows how like art when I think of the Uranus Neptune I think of how much anxiety our generation has um and how we are kind of have always felt this like instability um in terms of like on a global scale uh -huh. there hasn't really been a time I that I can remember that we um really felt safe and secure um maybe I mean, I really think it was like the early 90s and that's it. <laughs> I very clearly remember being in high school and there being like a recession mm -hmm. and getting the messaging from all around me that I was just like screwed. Yeah. Like you're screwed. Sorry. <laughs> but it's funny because it gave me like a weird sense of detachment and freedom because mm -hmm. I think there was like a switch for me in high school of like, like academics were pretty easy for me. And like it was a sense of like, well, I could just 
you know, do this really well and get, you know, a normal life. But when it seemed like that wasn't on the table, I was like, I may as well just do whatever I want and figure out how to make it work. But a lot of my process with Neptune Uranus has been like structuring things out of the imaginal. And I Mm -hmm. feel like imaginary currency has been like very real for me. And I wonder about our generation with debt as well, because mm-hmm. I feel like there's something about that with Pluto and Scorpio. Yeah. Wanting things or needing to get somewhere, but you have to like get help to get there. Right. That's maybe not your own. Right. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I similar. I had a similar like thing with the whole recession. I think a lot of us did. Um, and it, yeah, it is kind of this sense of like, well, it the whole like whatever our parents did like just doesn't seem possible for most of us um to be able to just like go to school and like then get married and you know get, get a, a house, house get, get a, a car job. yeah <laughs> all the things. stable financial life yeah just- it just doesn't seem possible um my dad's a boomer he was born in 1940 my mom is um you know, my dad has Pluto and Leo. My mom has Pluto and Virgo. Um, they're like two totally different generations, but it's just, I couldn't see myself doing, but either like my mom, I think Pluto and Virgo, like normalized the, the desk job, like, you know, going in, having a cubicle type of work. Um, and they very much were like, they could Pluto and Virgos can work (laughs) and they can do like the detailed, like annoying work. Like, no problem. Like my mom has been working in the mortgage industry for forever. Um, and I just remember going to work with her and she'd just be like, she's have this huge calculator and she just could do the Virgo yeah. work so well. Um, and I just put on uh, Scorpios would freak out yeah. <laughs> in the cubicle. Like I just think so many of us, especially with the Uranus, Neptune and Capricorn, it's like, we have to like mystify our work. We have to be Mm -hmm. doing something that feels, um, aligns with the collective that feels like we're doing something for something that's bigger than us. Um, I think it's also, I mean, just like the instability of Uranus and Neptune and Capricorn, like a sign that has to do with work and career and, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like vocation or, um, what you're known as and like, I mean, we can go into like how so many of us are witches and like magicians and all that. I wanted to ask about that too. Yeah. Because I feel like the popularity of just being witches Mm -hmm. or like proclaiming that identity has really come into greater like mass, I think, during like Pluto and Scorpio coming yeah. of age. And, and I, I feel like before then it would have been still a taboo. little taboo. Yeah. I mean, Jupiter and Scorpio was really like the beginning of the like the witch craze and everyone's like, I'm a witch. And I, it's really funny because that's when when Jupiter was like, you know, hitting all of our Plutos and really just oh, I like felt that I had a yeah. spider visitation. There was this oh one spider that lived in my room and like would appear at these like significant moments mm. like certain words would be said and it would just like come oh. out into visibility and like go oh. away and it was the same like exact recognizable spider yeah, but I was I just that. so watching yeah Jupiter on my Pluto and mm-hmm. having this big scary looking spider there. <laughs> yeah if to me it felt extremely empowering like I was like oh yeah this is what Scorpio power feels like like just having a, a really strong presence um 
Yeah, that I think it was 2017 or 18. Around there. Yeah, 2018, I guess, because now we have Jupiter and Sag. Um, most of that was Jupiter and Scorpio. And it was really, it was really magical. Um, and then, yeah, so I think that that plus just, I mean, Kay Pacha said, um, I want to see him speak at the Oregon Eclipse Festival um, in 2017. He was like, Pluto and Scorpio are the reincarnated witches and warlocks and magicians of the past. And I was like, yes, yeah. like that resonates so much. That is I just felt that in so my body, true. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, yeah, very much so. And that just spoke to me a lot. Um, and it just makes sense. Like we really, our whole generation and obviously not every single person, but it's, it's pretty undeniable. Like, how, how many of us feel connected to something on that level um, and feel like we can not only just like be magical, but like monetize it. I mean, that's like the Uranus Capricorn, um, Neptune Capricorn. Um, yeah. And just having to work within very unstable economy and society and having to like make something out of that, like crystallize something. Um yeah, that's a very, you know, potent signature, I think, for our generation. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I like that you brought in monetization, too, because I feel like there's a block that people have in their spiritual or like metaphysical or witchy careers mm-hmm. where they think they can't charge for it. And right. it's like we live in an economic system where if you want the time and freedom to do those kind of things, you probably have to be able to ask for what it's yeah. worth. And it's not like, I don't think it's bad to charge money no. for it. I mean, we live in a capitalist society. It's like what we have to do. It's a survival thing. You know, it's like, unless, unless you're the type of person that a can somehow just afford to not charge and you know, you're taken care of in other ways, or you have a day job that sustains you that somehow doesn't drain you of all your energy. <laughs> <laughs> which I feel like is extremely rare. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't think, I think it's kind of like it's in our DNA to have to do, like, you know, you're in a Neptune Capricorn. It's like, what else are we supposed to do? We have to monetize it somehow. We have to yeah. make some, make something from it. And again, like Capricorn being a Saturn ruled sign, having to do with um, really crystallizing things into form and shape. And yeah, I just think it's kind of necessary. Yeah. I think definitely too, even like Pluto and Scorpio is so power conscious Mm -hmm. that I think that part of the kind of moral quandary about charging is not wanting to be manipulative or, you know, bad in some way. And so I think there's been some kind of innovation around like discovering what money means to us and like how we can participate in an economic system in a more like liberated yeah way. and see and for me a big part of it has been understanding that money is also it's just energy and like there's money magic and there's ways to not manipulate money but to um like money is all around us and it's not something that like money isn't what's bad it's the people 
at the top that are hoarding all of it. That's bad. (laughs) And to desire money or to, you know, want stability in that way is not a bad thing at all. It's just the system that we live within. And I think, again, like the, the power conscious makes a lot of sense. Um, because we grew like the corruption that we just have seen growing up is so real and intense and in our faces and blatant that I think it's uh, Pluto has that like attraction, repel, attract, repel type of energy. And I think, like you said, power conscious, I think we're a very power conscious generation and we just don't want to be that. Um, but yeah, it's it's really real, like how magical we are and how much that I think scares other generations too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember feeling that way as a kid. Too. Yeah. Matilda was my favorite movie. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Sabrina the Teenage Witch, like yeah. all the things. Um Yeah. And then it's I mean, I don't know if we want to get into this now, but like contrasting the Uranus Neptune and Capricorn with Pluto and Scorpio, with <laughs> Pluto and Sag, with Uranus, Neptune, and Aquarius. Yeah, Gen I want to know about that. I'm like, are they, do they have an easier time with no. some of this? They don't? <laughs> I, okay. I don't think, I don't know. I don't, I don't see it as an easier time. I just see it as their method of coping is so different than ours. Um, because we are so material in that Capricorn, like that water, um, earth, like combination that we have in the Pluto, sorry, in the Scorpio and Capricorn compared to their air and fire. Um, I think that, yeah, just their way of their, the way that they use the internet and the way that they communicate is so next level. And that's, I think that scares a lot of people, um, including our generation. Yeah. (laughs) What is like, what are they doing? Like I, what are the kids up to? I mean, they're memeing. They're like making (laughs) dances and like making videos all the time. It's, it's, uh, yeah, I think, um, well, starting with Pluto and Sag, what really got me to like want to do this whole, you know, project or research or focus is the Parkland shootings. Um, and I guess I'd already been interested in, you know, Pluto, or Pluto generations. But um, when the shootings happened in Parkland, I think it was uh, February 14th, 2017, I think it was. Um, and those kids were just like, now nah, we're not doing this the way that we have been doing it. Like we don't want your thoughts and prayers and the way they just got up there and like spoke to the world through those microphones was so inspiring to me. Um, and it was so Sagittarian, like they like got up on their soapbox and was like, you're going to listen to me. And I adore that about this generation that they refuse to not be listened to. And like, they're like, you're going to hear me one way or another. Um, and yeah, Austin, Austin Kopic talks about, he has like a, a um, like a downloadable class about gen- Pluto generations and how he talks about how Pluto and Sag um, and Sagittarius is the only um, sign in the Zodiac whose symbol is a weapon, the bow and arrow and how this generation grew up with school shootings and how like Sagittarius, um, you know, can be seen in schools um, in college too, but and we can talk about this generation's view on college and education too, because that's really interesting. But um, 
but yeah, just the school shootings aspect of it and how there's just like danger in the classroom. Um, and how that is a big marker of their generation. Um, also video games and like video game culture, but, um, not to say that video games and school shootings are the same, but just looking at the, um, the symbolism of the bow and arrow and, um, and just like how Sagittarius is about communication and on a large scale and how um, these kids have just in some ways weaponized communication, um, but just their ability to like take memes to a whole nother level and how memes just like meme culture has evolved so quickly too as they have come to age and they've been on the internet Um yeah, it's, it's hilarious, which is also really sad. And it's like their way of coping with the instability around them has been, um, through like memes and like making fun of things and like just trying to make light of the situation. I I appreciate that because I think it's needed. It, It really, well, it counters the, our generation's like deep exploration of like, (laughs) like the meaning of life and all of that. And I, they, they do that too, but it's, it's somehow, um, it's lighter. It's a lot lighter, which is nice. I was getting a lot of chills when you were talking about the Parkland and like how they like got up there and refused to not be listened to. Yeah. I think that's, yeah, I remember feeling that like power within them mm-hmm. too of like, you know, this is not okay. Yeah. Like, we need to change this and that they were, you know, willing to like find a meaningful purpose in the aftermath of that. Yeah. Um, and it was accelerated by that. And I feel like Pluto has this kind of trauma or like, mm-hmm. you know, loss or violence element to yeah. it. And that connection between that and this message that right. they have. And you can think about it with our generation, Pluto and Scorpio, and how when we, like the AIDS crisis, HIV AIDS was like huge for the entirety of Pluto and Scorpio. And then after like 1995, it just like, wasn't like front page news anymore. And I just remember being really young and hearing about like AIDS and basically this message that for the first time ever having sex can kill you. Um, and also just like, yeah, say, say no to drugs was happening during that time too. It was like all of this, like, realization that yeah like (laughs) all these things that you know like sex or um just like even just the intimacy aspect of of life like could end up killing you was something that was like encoded in us yes um which is really interesting and then also like the debt the debt thing like you said um but yeah and then looking at Pluto and Sag and and how you you have this like weaponry thing and these school shootings and how like again like having an education could lead to your demise in that way it's it's really interesting to look at it that way as well um yeah what are some of the other things that pluto and sagittarius generation are into um well I just think about how, and, and I see, I think I like get a firsthand view because I'm on Twitter a lot and there's, they, they run Twitter basically. <laughs> um, but they have, they just all have a cause. Like they feel they're, it can be dogmatic in a lot of ways, but they, 
they can very eloquently, a lot of them, obviously I'm speaking really generally here, but they can just like super eloquently defend a cause or like point something out. And they're just their way with language is so beautiful to me. Um, the way, like, for example, um, queerness and people who are non-binary and the use of different pronouns, like when I meet Gen Z kids, it's so seamless to them. Like it's not, it's not a thing, you know, and they've just been able to take language and morph it in this way. It's just like comfortable to them. Um, you know, asking about people's pronouns is just like, whatever. Whereas you talk to Pluto and Virgo about it and they're like, what? Like they just, it takes them like they'll say he, but now he's a she, but still refer to them with he, like they just, they have a harder time with it. Um, and then that's the square between Virgo and, and Sag too. Whereas like we have the, we had to fight with the boomers. (laughs) Um, but yeah, Pluto and Sag, um, they have that. And I think, yeah, just having Uranus and Neptune and Aquarius is like, yeah, what's that about? Yeah, I mean, thinking about Aquarius as like this future oriented um, air sign that while it's fixed, it 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 really does have these um, almost like utopic desires. Um, and it, it's it's again, I think like looking at the, the air and the fire aspect of them, they just um yeah, I I just can't get off of like their they believe so strongly, like they have these like super strong beliefs. And I think the air just like fuels that fire, like that Uranus, Neptune and Aquarius air just is like, like, let's. But also, I will say they are pretty young, <laughs> so it's like they haven't gotten to the point where they can super influence society in a way of in like a tangible way quite yet it's very um like they're graduating graduating college most of them like the older ones are like 25 20 24 25 so um it'll be interesting to see what happens when they're like closer to their Saturn returns um but yeah I think right now it's just seen in their the way that they um can share ideas and like this super like quick way that just can like spread yeah it blows me so away. quick yeah it's amazing like and the, the apps that they like tiktok i feel like an old person every time i'm like this tiktok app um, <laughs> <laughs> but they they just yeah the, like the way that they have influenced culture just through the internet and through like meme culture is just incredible like um and you can't like no one can fight that. Like no one, like millennials can't do it. No other generation can like really match their, their like internet speak or their, the way that they can just like shut you down, like via tweet <laughs> or like via like, I don't know, YouTube video or something. Um, it's pretty cool. I wonder, so we're having like the U.S. has their Pluto return. Mm -hmm. I think it's at 25. 26. Yeah, I think it's at 26. I think so too. Um, And Hamilton was like, I guess it's still in circuit. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. But I looked up the charts of like um, Alexander Hamilton and people like 
the names are not coming to me. That's uh-huh. my Mercury and Pisces. <laughs> like it's just out one, you know. Yeah. Um, I, I have Mercury and Sag, so I get it. <laughs> yeah. But basically, I noticed that the people that were involved in the kind of 1776 American whatever, like mm-hmm. have Pluto and Sagittarius and hmm. Pluto and Capricorn okay. natally. And so I wonder about kind of our political instability right now and what the younger generations are going to do to, you know, I just feel like there's such a political gift with Pluto and Sagittarius and the same with Pluto and Capricorn. That's so true. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. Um, Yeah, because I mean, I I think about Pluto and Capricorn a lot because the kids that I had, and they're obviously still kids, Pluto entered Capricorn in 2008. So yeah, they're like, 11 the oldest ones but um the ones that i've met i've met a lot of capricorns who have pluto and capricorn and they're the most serious kids i've ever met in my life like my my one of my co-workers has a son and he is like seven years old and um first of all like name's jacob doesn't go by jake it's jacob <laughs> um <laughs> two he i remember her saying that he was like yeah, I don't know if I'm going to end up going to grad school because I might like end up going to the MBA. Like it's like one of the other, like, I don't oh know. Oh my God. <laughs> like thinking about things in this like very, you know, future oriented way, um, which I thought was hilarious. And she also was saying something about how he was like climbing everything in the house. And I was like, is he a Capricorn? Um, but, but yeah, so um, the Pluto and Capricorn, they care so much about um, the environment like those kids are so serious about uh, climate change um and i had another coworker whose son was like they were like do you want to make sl- you know slime like the asmr slime and he was like no it's like bad for the environment like how do you dispose of that and he was like seven so yeah the pluto Aww. and capricorns are like i think they have a huge burden not like placed on them by anyone else but i think they just feel the weight of like the dire the direness of our situation when it comes to climate but also like they're being brought up with trump in office like seeing blatant corruption in their like political corruption just like so blatantly in their face and obviously seeing their parents be like you know upset about what's happening too so they're taking all that on too and i think that they are going to be active like at a really young age um because i think they're gonna have to unfortunately and i think it's up to us and society to like allow those kids to be kids um but at the same time i think it's gonna be difficult for them to like be able to just, you know, be kids, um, in a lot of ways, but yeah. Um, I think it makes a lot of sense that a lot of the founding, the founding men <laughs> were, uh, Pluto and Sag too. Cause you think about like manifest destiny and how the U S has a Sag rising chart. Um, and yeah, it's just this like vision, I guess, for, for what the world could be, what America could be. Um, that makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we were talking a little bit too about ASMR as like a, it's a Pluto and Sag, like more prevalent thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I see. I look at ASMR as Uranus and Taurus phenomenon, um, because you have this like, this like, that's the current transit. Yeah. Yeah. And you have this like obsession with, 
or like fascination with sensations, which I feel like is super Taurus. Like there's the ASMR of like people eating and then like the slime and then the paint. I love the paint ones where people are just like mixing paint. For people who don't know what ASMR is, how do you describe it? Because I, um, I don't even know how to describe it. It's like <laughs> I know I, I forget what it stands for. It's like AS something sensual audio. I forget. Please Google it if you're listening. <laughs> but basically, it's this. Um, it, yeah, it's kind of this uh, phenomenon, like it's not a phenomenon. It's like a, a interest in different sensations and creating sensations from things like sound. Um, I think a big part of it is the sound where people are like making these like sounds with their you know with different sort of objects um and it got really popular on youtube it helps people relax but i think it was like it could help people like just feel certain things in their body listening to certain sounds um I got really into watching slime videos and like watching slime be made and played I've with. I think that's a Pluto and Scorpio thing too. Yeah. Because we had a Pluto and Scorpio episode close to when this podcast came out and okay. it was with Timothy Halloran and he oh, mentioned right. slime as like one of the things. It makes sense. I mean, yeah, the fixed the fix water seems very slime, like very slow moving liquid. <laughs> seems really slimy to me. Also, Scorpio swamp thing. Um, but yeah. ASMR is hilarious to me. <laughs> um, I love it. But yeah, it's, um, I could see, I mean, yeah, the Pluto and Sag um, thing makes sense to me, but I always look at it as as a Uranus and Taurus phenomenon. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. And so what's going on with the kind of parent generational? Oh, yeah. Um, there's an astrologer, Wendy Stacy, who's does a lot of um, generational research. Like she goes in and she's been doing it for a while. Um, and she talks about, she, she's done a lot of research on Pluto and Virgo and how um, basically once they start having kids, which are like us, um, a lot of millennials, <laughs> there's been this phenomenon where kids are... Um, there's a lot of scheduled C-sections, so people aren't being born um, with certain rising and sun combinations anymore. Like there's fewer people being born at night. So there's this whole generation where a lot of people have 12th house sons, um, 11th house sons, sometimes 10th house, but that's around noon when people are having lunch. So we have these like C-sections scheduled for early morning. And again, it's producing all these kids with like 12th house and 11th house sons. Um, and what does that mean basically to have kids to have like certain sun rising combinations be super rare or like never really seeing fifth house suns or sixth house suns or even fourth house suns anymore in the future. Um, and yeah, like what does that mean on a, on a generational scale? And I think that's really important work that she's doing. Um, but also she talks about how like Pluto and, and Virgo really wanted, they, they kind of started the whole like, sterile like they just wanted everything to be like clean and like perfect mm -hmm. <laughs> um yeah. which again goes with like the scheduled c-sections and just like needing needing things to 
to like look and feel a certain way, um, to feel comfortable giving birth. And, um, I think that's really interesting. Excuse me. And, um, looking at like how, like, what does it mean for us? Pluto and Scorpios have been raised by Pluto and Virgos who had, who are not only had Pluto and Virgo, but Uranus, um, for a big part of that generation had Uranus and Virgo as well. Um, my mom has, was born like during the conjunction with Mars right in between them. So, um, yeah. And I think just thinking about like the anxiety that our generation carries and how, how much of that came from having Pluto and Virgo parents that were extremely like, um, they were just very critical. (laughs) I, I look at that generation as like extremely critical and not, not because they were like, you know, trying to be mean, but I think they're, they were just perfectionists in a lot of ways. Um, also like, you know, they really liked cleanliness <laughs> and, uh, not to say that they're all clean cause they're not, but and they have these like swamp. Kids. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And, um, yeah, the helicopter parenting, um, they're like, you have to go to college type of, you know, attitude that came from that generation. And I'm not saying like they're at fault for any of that. They just wanted the best for us, but just looking at it from that lens. Um, and then the, the Gen Z who were raised by Gen X and Pluto and Libra and, and how, um, Pluto and Libra is like obsession with marriage and subsequent, like, high divorce rates like what (laughs) you know what I mean like how did that play out with with um the Gen Z I that's not something I've like looked a lot into but I've been thinking about it a lot and I think it's really interesting um to look at because I think most of not most of but a lot of um Pluto and Virgos had like Pluto and Leo parents because they're like Pluto was in those signs for longer so you could have those kind of, those kind of combinations. Um, and yeah, I just, I'm going to look into it more, but I think it's really interesting to think about it that way. Like who raised you and like, how did that influence like the, the generations to come and like our kids, <laughs> like most of them will have Pluto and, and Capricorn, but we're also going to have a lot of Pluto and Aquarius kids. I've wondered about that. Yeah. I haven't done the math. When does Pluto enter Aquarius? Um, I think it's like 2026 or seven or something like that. Maybe it's later, but it's like the late 2020s. Um, yeah. And what it's going to be like to have Pluto and Aquarius kids. I can't even imagine. <laughs> I know I've been trying to imagine and I'm like, are they, cause there could be this whole spectrum of there's like the disassociated side, mm-hmm. but then there's this like radical, like, just like yeah. fairy alien yeah. side, you know? <laughs> yeah. And yeah, I think about it like how these, the alien part of it and like the, cause I, we both have Saturn and Aquarius too. And I, I feel like the our Saturn return as like a little sub generation is going to be so much about um, finding somewhere that we feel like we belong and like finding our crew or tribe or whatever. Um, and thinking about that with like a Pluto generation and how like it's not necessarily a responsibility but it's more like a primal urge um yeah and thinking about how that's gonna play out it's really interesting because I'm like 
uh, I just don't want to have the same type of tension that we have with boomers, but I think that's kind of inevitable. <laughs> and I feel whenever there's kind of that like generational war, mm-hmm. I get like part of me is like, oh, careful, because I don't know, like when I'm old, like I want to be valued and taken seriously right. and like loved in society. Yeah. And so but that also kind of primes me like I feel like when I was younger, I would watch old people who I thought were like just didn't seem to be connected to reality mm-hmm. anymore. And I was like, I can't do that. Right. Like, I want to be here and like ethical and connected to my existence and like right. move my body and stuff so that I'm like, just, I guess like, you know, cause I would also watch people who are older, have these health problems that mm-hmm. came from just like not moving and they right. didn't have the education about how to take care of their body. Right. So, yeah, yeah. I think about that a lot too. I have this like fear. I don't want to become like an old, like cranky old person. That's like you kids and your robots. Like that's my biggest <laughs> fear is like robots being like a huge thing and me being like terrified of that reality. <laughs> yeah. I can feel that. I'm not like down really with yeah, robots I and think, artificial intelligence. I think our generation, especially cause we were the last, we were the, we were the crossover generation between like no internet and internet. And we're the last ones that are going to remember what it's like before cell phones and you know, the internet. I remember what it was like to not have to use um, area codes when we typed in phone numbers. You know what I mean? Like we were, we were born during a time of like accelerated change. And what is it going to mean when we're in our seventies and there's fucking robots everywhere and everyone's just like, calm down. Like (laughs) it's, this is just the way it is. Get used to it. And we're like, but this isn't okay. Like we shouldn't be having designer babies and like the future is too real. Like I, I, I can imagine it being like that. Um, and us like kind of wanting to hold on to the last semblance of, you know, the old world in some way. And, and that kind of being the tension, like the fix, it's that fixed tension of like, you know, this is, we have to like preserve some things of the past. And also that's the Capricorn stuff too. Um, and just thinking about how they're going to be. I mean, when Pluto, there's going to be Pluto and Aquarius, um, Uranus and Gemini, Neptune and Aries. Um, at some point in the, in oh, the I looked future. at my transits during then and I was like, I can't even go there. Yeah. I can't conceptualize what it will mean to have like Pluto on my Saturn and yep. Neptune on my sun at the same time. Yeah. And like, Saturn comes like Saturn, and Neptune conjunct in Aries too. And it's, I know same. I'm like, and we, we have the same houses. So it's like Uranus in the fourth, like, no, thanks. <laughs> I'm not trying to do that. I don't really want Neptune on my moon, which is your sun. Like not looking forward to it, but we'll get through this, these like intense Saturn Pluto transits first. And then then we'll worry about it, I guess. Yeah. I kind of like, I like to imagine like the best possible case scenario for mm-hmm. all the transits yeah. and like elevate that thread, mm-hmm. you know? So I'm just hoping that like Neptune's sun is just like really glamorous. Yeah. Somehow, yeah. You know? Maybe you get your own TV show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you never know. Um, but yeah, it's, it's interesting. Like it'll be, it'll be interesting to see Pluto move over Gen Z's Neptune Uranus. Cause it's been doing that for us. Um, and it continues to, and for me, that time was crazy when Pluto was like on top of my North node, Neptune and Uranus, well, yeah. that was like, 
I mean, that was when I started to get really into astrology and the world just became way more magical and enchanted. Um, and it's not that I never believed, like I always was like a believer in magic and that stuff, but like it was in my face all the time. It was a huge time. Um, and I'm interested, it's going to be exciting to see, you know, Gen Z move through that too in, in Aquarius. Um, so yeah. Cool. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing your ideas yeah, with us. Thank you for having me. I love doing this. So <laughs> thank I'm you. happy we got to do this on such a like auspicious moment too. Of yeah. Being. I mean, it was a good thing the power went out then, right? Oh yeah. Cause, Cause we were supposed, supposed to record it a couple, like a month or so ago. Yeah. Yeah. So better timing now. Yeah. So how can people find you and work with you? Um, my, so yeah, I'm called The Astrology on um, social, on Instagram and Twitter. And that's basically the T-H-E and astrology, S-T-R-O-L-O-G-Y. Did I do that right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm really bad at spelling in my head. Um, and you can find me there, um, theastrology.com. And then I have um, my magazine, Influx Mag. Um, and that's kind of becoming a website now. So we're relaunching that as a site on New Year's Eve. And I'm really excited about that. And that'll have interviews and like forecasts and, you know, lunation forecasts and all these cool things. And now it's just going to be free for everyone instead of buying the magazine. So I'm pretty pumped about that. Um, and that's influx, N-F-L-U-X, mag, M-A-G.com. And that's the same on social. Oh, that's so exciting. Yeah. Cool. And you do readings. Yeah, I do readings um, over Zoom and um, hopefully like more offerings to come now that I'm moving out to L.A. and <laughs> kind of going full time astrology and won't have a day job to worry about anymore. So I'm excited about that. That's awesome. Yeah. Cool. Thank you, Kara. Thank you. Thank you for listening. And if you've been enjoying this podcast, please go leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or iTunes. And if you take a screenshot of your review before you click submit and email it to me at sabrina at monarchastrology.com, I'll take down your email. I'm working on a free gift to send to podcast reviewers, and I'd love to send that to you for reviewing the podcast. And also the ask for you to review the podcast also comes from a place in my heart of genuinely asking for support. If you love this work, that review means so much. It actually increases the visibility of this show and brings more people in, which is one of the most helpful things you can do to support the livelihood of this show. Go check out Kira's work as well. And that new book of hers about Pisces that is coming out is, is available for pre-order on Amazon, I believe. And I'm really excited to hear what she has to say about Pisces. I had mentioned in this episode that I couldn't conceptualize my future transits. And I just wanted to qualify what I meant by that with a little bit more nuance is that when I look out into my own future based on my astrological transits that are pretty far ahead, I feel like I don't have all the information, like what's going on in my life, you know? So it's a little bit abstract, but I do like to look at transits that are 
a few months or even a few years in advance. And I consider them, I plan for them, I think about them and I participate with them. And so if this is something that you want to learn how to do, learning the language of astrology or deepening your fluency in the language is a start. Um, So check out my evolutionary astrology intensive that again is in the show notes. And if you go to monarchastrology.com and click the link that says study in the menu, you can read all about the course, including student testimonials and get a greater sense of what we'll be covering. And I feel like developing a relationship with these archetypes and developing a deep love and a conversation with them is one of the most profound, if not the most profound spiritual practice that I've come across in this lifetime, you know, combining astrology with prayer, combining astrology with intention and participation is so magical. So go check that out. Check out the weekly forecasts at monarchastrology.com and let me know, let us know what you think about this episode. Holler at us on Twitter and Instagram with your thoughts. Share this episode to social media. So thanks again for listening. I love you all. Have a great week and I'll catch you soon. Bye.